the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Dennis Prager, and I welcome you to the Dennis Prager Show. And I particularly wish to welcome the latest station that I have the honor of being on each day, live affiliate Ithaca, New York, the great news talk, WHCU, 870 AM and 97.7 FM. Another Saga Group affiliate. Thank you, Ed Christian, the president and CEO, Chris and Joe. I look forward to meeting you. Got to get a speech at Cornell. Of course, it is possible that the messianic age will come before Cornell invites me. Nevertheless, that's good news for Jews and Christians. (laughs) And I am honored in particular, it was Rush Limbaugh's station. You folks in Ithaca might want to read my piece. The Wall Street Journal called me to be the one to write an op-ed piece upon Russia's death. You might find that column of interest. I'm going to read to you, my friends, an email from an idiot. (laughs) That just came out. It really did. So I won't say uh, his or her name, and uh, as most idiots, they don't really put their name. You can, I think you could make out at least the first initial in the, uh, in the email address. It's irrelevant. This is the email. It's literally uh, one sentence. Are you not promoting cancel culture when you are calling for your followers to not drink Coca-Cola? Not fly Delta and not watch MLB. You are such a hypocrite, those two sentences. My first reaction was, why would this idiot have written uh, to Franklin Roosevelt after the bombing of Pearl Harbor? You decry bombing and you are going to bomb the Japanese? You hypocrite. Right? So let's see. They are allowed to initiate canceling, but we are not allowed to respond because that's hypocrisy. I get a lot of these uh, letters. Uh, I've never met a clear-thinking leftist because they don't exist. The clear-thinking liberals can exist. Clear-thinking conservatives can exist moment you are on the left, you have abandoned clarity of thought. So when people attack and you respond in kind, you are a hypocrite. You are against invasions and you're invading Germany? Hypocrite. That's like the attacks of the left on Israel. 
when Hamas bombs, sends bombs over all of Israel, and hopefully these, uh, well, rockets actually, these rockets will crash and kill as many civilians as possible. So then Israel responds, and the left says disproportionate response. Hypocrisy on the part of Israel for attacking Hamas. So the next time you are told, oh, you look, you believe in the cancel culture, please remind them that you are responding in kind. Initiating something is not the same as responding to something. What should we do? Advocate that people drink Coca-Cola and fly Delta? So I have a moral question that I, in this regard. Delta has hoarded itself out on this issue, which is unfortunate. I have always thought very well of Delta, and I still do, professionally. They run a good airline, uh, but they are uh, morally challenged in their leadership, who's a coward. And uh, the because uh, it's, it's purely... Uh, It's purely cowardice in the face of the media. So I am speaking in Tampa, actually, next week. And and St. Pete. And the only nonstop that exists between L.A. and Tampa is Delta. Obviously, I prefer to go nonstop. Or I could make one stop and go on United. So what do I do? It's an interesting uh, dilemma. By the way, I am platinum medallion. Whatever, I, I checked when I was looking on the Delta site. Their alienating of people like me means nothing to them, and I uh, and financially they're right. If I never flew them again, it would make no dent in their profit. But if there are enough of me, they will feel it. Coca-Cola is, the, is much easier to avoid. There are so many other colas. We haven't heard, for example, from, let's see, Dr. Uh, what's his name? What's the doctor drink? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper has not spoken up. He's busy seeing patients. So you, you could understand that. Wasn't there a Dr. Pepper? How did, how did I get that name? In any event, that's easier. People need to pay for their attacks on freedom in this country, and they're lying. The, the, it's the grandiosity of the lie about Georgia that is actually most disturbing, not their opinion. They're lying about it led by the New York Times and others. So I thought I would respond to this uh, dummy. Yep. If you respond to those who cancel by canceling them, you're a hypocrite. What should I do? Turn the other cheek? I, was, was this a, a literalist of the New Testament called, writing me? I doubt it. I doubt it. It was a person of the left. I want to thank every leftist who writes me. You have no idea how valuable your emails are. I'm not being sarcastic in the least. That is one of the many ways I know what the unclear think. 
My column today is about mask wearing. I have scientist after scientist that I quote, including the New England Journal of Medicine, until recently the most prestigious medical journal in the United States, but it has gone woke as the left destroys the sciences. It begins to destroy the sciences. And I quote an article. Ah, There's another lefty who wrote me when I quoted that. Oh, you phony, you liar. You didn't tell everybody that the scientists who wrote the column about the worthlessness of masks immediately appended later that, oh, they weren't saying that people shouldn't wear them or whatever. Yes, because the woke mob got them. Scientists shouldn't say science. They should say what the left wants them to say. But they didn't retract the word that they said in the article. I should read that to you. I think that the people would actually find it most illuminating. Oh, before I do, on my way to the uh, the article, have you seen the latest? So there's been an there's been a, a what do you call it a S- Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue for I don't know how many years, thirty years, whatever featuring beautiful women in bikinis, basically. And it was the most popular issue of Sports Illustrated. Is that not a shock? <laughs> you would think that a uh, the golf issue would be the, the big issue. Anyway, so they, they have now opened it up, because Sports Illustrated is also uh, dominated by people who listen to the left because it's a it, it's protection payment to do what the left wants is protection payment like mafia payments you they won't attack you if you pay them in ideological currency so they've had i think they had a transgender uh, model and they've had um, heavy set women plus size modeling and the latest this came up in my news feed And the latest is that they will have a man, or and I I will tell you about that man in a moment, and then read to you from the New England Journal of Medicine. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first, but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. So on my internet feed, there's... 
a new, I think it's MSN, I, I don't know, I'm not sure what it is, I think it's from Microsoft. Anyway, come out from People Magazine, meet model Lewis Freeze, the first male finalist in Sports Illustrated, and it shouldn't be Sports Illustrated? Are there editors any longer in uh, in newspapers or magazines? Anyway, the first male finalist in Sports Illustrated swimsuit swim search history. Well, the Minnesota native and full-time student just became the first male finalist in the history of Sports Illustrated. Now they got it right. Swimsuit's annual swim search. An open casting call that gives fresh faces and established models alike the opportunity to prove why they would be a great addition to the franchise's iconic swimsuit issue. Free says he's happy to be part of a larger conversation about inclusivity. Very nice. I have nothing against the man. Uh, Why any male heterosexual male would buy the swimsuit issue with males modeling swimsuits in it is a question to me who is pretty aware of male sexuality. For those of you who didn't go to college, this will be boring. For those of you who went to graduate school, this will be offensive. Men like to look at attractive women. That is the reason the swimsuit issue was the most popular Sports Illustrated issue since it came out. However, inclusivity is not exactly what the male libido is interested in. Is that fair to say? Men do not fantasize inclusivity, unless you include another woman. That's the only inclusivity the male libido fantasizes. Now, you know what is amazing? You can't say what I just said on almost any college campus. Because truth is alien. People, the left teaches young people to believe what brings them comfort. Human nature does not bring them comfort. And there's a picture of the man. And if I showed you the picture and said it's, it, sh- it has his bare uh, stomach. And his arms uh, raised, right? Is that right? Let me see here, yes. And and uh, there isn't a hair on his stomach. If I showed you this stomach alone, you would say it belonged to a woman. Gays, on the other hand, now may be attracted for the first time to the SI swimsuit issue. But generally speaking, in the fantasy world, world you either have gays or straights looking at what you produce. But that's it. Nothing against the guy, but it's hard for me to imagine that inclusivity in the way SI means it and the left means it will attract people to buy the swimsuit edition. When you turn the page, you find a guy almost undressed. Wow, that's exciting. Okay, as we return to Earth here, I said to you that I would read to you. It's in my column today. You can get it at Town Hall. You get it at DennisPrager.com. 
Over the course of the week, get it Daily Wire, American Greatness, Jewish World Review, and many other places that take my column. Thank God, because because I have a lot to say. New England Journal of Medicine, May 21, 2020. Again, Nejim, the most, New England Journal of Medicine, the most prestigious medical journal in America. We know that wearing a mask outside healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. Public health authorities define a significant exposure to COVID-19 as face-to-face contact within six feet with a patient with symptomatic COVID-19 that is sustained for at least a few minutes, and some say more than 10 minutes or even 30 minutes. The chance of catching COVID-19 from a passing interaction in a public space is therefore minimal. In many cases, the desire for widespread masking is a reflexive reaction to anxiety over the pandemic. Question, did the New York Times report this? Did the Washington Post report this? Did CNN report this? Now, if they did, I profusely apologize. But if they didn't, they should profusely apologize. So here's the story, my friends. People do not, quote, follow the science. They follow the scientists the left tells them to follow. Thousands of scientists signed the Great Barrington, remember that? The Great Barrington Declaration against lockdowns? Thousands. wonder if that was reported on the lying networks and media. Remember, lying by omission is as destructive as lying by commission. They couldn't have been stronger in the New England Journal of Medicine. So please, folks, you wear a mask outdoors, all I want you to do is admit It's a way of placating your anxiety and has nothing to do with science. I respect that. The Dennis Prager Show. My friends, welcome back or to the Dennis Prager Show. A couple of years ago, I wrote a column on the father of my two stepsons who shot himself to death because he was in such horrible pain the result of a terrible accident of falling off his ladder onto the ladder and so the steps of the ladder crushed his abdomen and he had horrible adhesions it could have been controlled with painkiller drugs But our society has decided that people in pain should stay in pain. One of the many cruelties in our medical establishment joins the cruelty of you can't visit your dying mother or father, even if you wear a mask, one of the despicable aspects of the last year. 
Let me just add on a personal note, I would have smashed the door of the hospital to, to see my relative or friend if they were in such a condition and, and totally have been uh, open to being arrested. At least my relative would know I didn't obey the authorities and let them die alone. The cruelties of our CDC and other institutions are remarkable. Let it never be said that becoming an MD increases your compassion. On this subject, I brought to your attention a powerful Daily News, New York Daily News article, A Painful Struggle. Opioids can be dangerous, but restrictions or a ban are worse. And I have the author of this very important moral piece. He's an independent journalist covering health and disability, host of the Happy Warrior broadcast. And he is Peter Pischke. And do you tell me, Peter, please, did I pronounce your last name correctly? You did, Prager. That was pretty good. Not a lot of people get that one on the first try. Hmm. Well, um, it's an honor to uh, be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I've listened to your radio uh, off and on, but I love your books, The Rational Bible. I, I've read the first two. I need to get back to the rest of them. Um, and, of course, Prager You uh, and uh, your No Safe Spaces documentary. So I, I've seen a fair amount of your work, so this is pretty cool for me. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm very touched. I had no idea, obviously, but I want to salute you for your piece before we get into it, I want you to know I was surprised that, that the New York Daily News published it. Uh, were you surprised? Um, in some ways, in the sense that the appetite for the story in mainstream news, especially, but pretty much news in general, is pretty low. Um, but, you know, when working on this piece, a whole bunch of windows and doors opened on the issue and um, it came together. And the people, my partners at the New York Daily News, my editor, were just awesome. And, and we fact this. I mean, we fact checked this uh, article ten ways this Sunday. So it was a lot of work. But we're, um, I don't know, if proud's the right word. But we're pretty proud with uh, the work and what we've come um, out, and we stand by it. Let me just tell my listeners that your piece is up at DennisPrager.com. Is that confirmed, Mr. Producer? Yes. Okay. Excellent. Because people should see it. What drives the the meanness of the deprivation of people in horrible pain of drugs that can help them? What drives that? Ooh, that is a hard question to answer. Part of it is, I mean, uh, yeah, we can start it. Part of it is is that the incentives currently in healthcare and public health, and you can see it in a whole bunch of our elite institutions are not there for admitting when things have gone wrong. So so as we can see with COVID, I mean, I'm not making a comment there, but you can see how difficult it is for us to distangle ourselves from older policies, even policies we nev- at this point know aren't very good ideas because there's no benefit for, say, the CDC or Dr. Fauci to admit that they were wrong. I mean, then they'll get they'll get criticism from the press. They'll have people, you know, up and down of them. Maybe there'll be a book written about how terrible they are. And so there is no reason for someone in a position like that to do the right thing and say, hey, you know what? We were wrong. We misunderstood the science. We screwed up, and we're sorry. 
there are some people that are willing to do it, and, and they're brave and good people, but they're few and far in between. So for at least the CDC, it is more often than not the apathy that we're seeing all over the place. And then I think a lot of it is, is because um, people in their own lives, especially doctors, are so afraid of uh, losing their license. That's good, good. Stay stay with that. That's that's key. Peter Pischke, P-I-S-C-H-K-E. His piece, The Daily News, is up at DennisPrager.com. Small investors shamed Wall Street by running the price of certain stocks up to the detriment of the big hedge funds. Social media and trading platforms then kept investors from buying that stock. A financial war and a fight for control is being waged against Americans. With all of this volatility, it's never been more important to protect your net worth and own precious metals as part of your portfolio. Nick Rovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has always been fair and honest with my precious metals holdings. With over 40 years experience and tens of thousands of satisfied clients, Nick will help you make informed decisions. Now, more than ever, it's a good time to own tangible assets like gold, silver, and platinum. AmFed can show you smart choices which have been proven winners time and time again. Call Nick at 800-221-7694. 800-221-7694. That's 800-221-7694. He will be my guest on the Ultimate Issues Hour. Speaking to a man who is doing this country a service, Peter Pischke, P-I-S-C-H-K-E. He has a podcast, The Happy Warrior. He's written this very important piece for the New York Daily News. The number of people dying from getting street drugs because they can't get them legally for the horrible pain they're in, it hit my family directly. You can, again, read my piece on the father of my stepsons, man who loved life, had a terrible accident, was in horrific pain, could not find a doctor to prescribe a painkiller, and then finally killed himself. At his memorial, I spoke, and I said, because people are very ambivalent about suicides, and I said to all those present, I would have done the same thing if that were my circumstance. And I was later told by his immediate relatives how much that meant to them. So you were saying, Peter that one of the reasons that people cannot, good, decent people, could not get these drugs is doctors are afraid of losing their license. Yes, very much so. Uh, Yeah, no, there's there's very much a formal pressure on physicians and those who can prescribe and pharmacists. And there's also a very informal pressure that's almost even worse. So formally, you have law enforcement, um, particularly agencies like the DEA took what the CDC put on 2016 as a justification to try to, as the old saying goes, arrest their way out of the crisis. At the same time, doctors have to be worried about the state legislatures and what laws they've made limiting um, prescriptions and their state medical boards, which have huge pressure on them 
to uh, come down hard on doctors and to get this in whack. And then to top it off, you have your health system. So the hospital, um, the hospital or the clinic you work in, there's a huge incentive for the CEO to have good numbers showing we're reducing our opioid prescriptions by this much every month. Look how great we're doing. And it's, it's a ton of pressure on doctors. And either doctors, I have a family member that right now is going through medical school and the sacrifice to go through that process. I mean, it, it's a gigantic amount of hazing for years on end. And so they are deadly scared, even to the point of abandoning patients, which, by the way, I'm not saying is morally justified at the least, but it is understandable why they do it. Okay, so let, let's keep going up the ladder. So the doctor is afraid of losing his license. He knows the patient is in horrible pain and needs opioids, but he won't prescribe it because he fears losing his license. Now, who mm-hmm. takes away the license? The medical board of that state? Um, yes. Actually, the number of doctors that have lost their license that we know on record um, is relatively few, especially if you take out like the ones that are pill mills and Ohio and Appalachia. But, but the fear is there, and they, they, many doctors are under the impression that the 2016 CC guidelines was law, because that is, seems to be what everyone is telling them. And at the same time, you know, there are, of course, true believers. There are people who are uh, very suspect of uh, traditional pain medication in general, and so there aren't a lot of people who advocate for traditional pain care. And the idea that we're going to try to meet the person's pain, even if it requires opioids, there are fewer and fewer of those guys around each day. Um, famously, Reason covered this. There was Dr. Forrest Tent, who I have interviewed, and he, he would have patients coming from all over the country. They would travel thousands of miles by plane to go to his clinic because they could not find a, a specialist in their area to take them. And look, when people are told by their primary and they're saying, I can't do it anymore. Often they blame them. They're saying, you have an addiction problem. You have to go to a pain specialist. They go to the pain specialist and they have to get in line and they'll wait two or years or more. Or the pain specialist will just tell them point blank, sorry, I know you're in pain. I know this is really real. My own doctor told me this, but I, I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. If I do that, then you know, not only um, are you going to be without someone to give you some care, all of the rest of my patients are. It's just an impossible standard that we're trying to ask um, the specialists to live by, and the generals, they just don't want to have the, any The doctor the you mentioned who people, whom people travel to thousands of miles lose his license? The, I, believe, I believe he still has a license, but they forced him to close. So he no longer practices medicine, but he does run... Um, uh, an advocacy organization. Uh, it's been a while since I looked at it. But Dr. Forrest Tennant. If I had, so wait, so, so, so ultimately, so I'm trying to understand, uh, unless we're, we've entered the world of, of ether, which we may, we may have, <laughs> the real threat to the doctor comes from medical boards, medical uh, state medical boards. The medical boards, you said, are under pressure from, from the politicians. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That is correct. And the politicians... Well, and, and the media and uh, big litigation. They, there are plenty of lawyers that, that put this pressure on because there are big litigation um, for the last four years or so has been trying really hard to turn the opioid crisis into their new big tobacco. So who, who was trying... Wait, who, who was trying to do that? 
big litigation. So the the lawyers that you know that went after like asbestos or or, or are, are now dogs, going after know. opioid doctors. Yes. Yeah. They 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 met together and they believe that right. their best well, best target. Was unfortunately, you're just feeding my conviction that no group has done more harm to this country than the legal profession in my lifetime, and there are many wonderful lawyers, but it's irrelevant to my point. The fear of litigation has created a great deal of evil in the United States of America. Please read his piece up at the New York Daily News. Uh, People, the compassion crowd has no compassion for people in horrific pain. I'm not shocked. The Dennis Prager Show. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show, where we fight evil every day. One of the evils of our society is the deprivation of people in horrible pain of pills that can help their pain. It is an astonishing astonishing act of cruelty on the part of the medical profession. And I'm, I'm, Peter Pischke is uh, all over the internet, the post-millennial, the Happier Warrior podcast, New York Daily News. He's conquering the world. So I want to understand, what is it that the lawyers could sue? So Jacob Solomon Reason... Um, he is he's broken down this thing almost better than anyone. If you look at the actual cases we've seen, in particular against um, Johnson Johnson, or you look at Purdue, this legal strategy they go through is not citing any specific actual um, law or statute that these companies, the pharma companies, have broken. What they've gone for is what they did with big tobacco and is general nuisance law. And in that, you know, the, the, the basic theory is you get enough pressure going on with the media, you get enough people really upset, you can skirt some of these issues of having to have an actual statute to, put, to point to that got broken, and you can get things um, to go your way, which we've seen. I mean, and this isn't to say that Purdue or Johnson & Johnson or any of these companies didn't do anything um, unethical, but their practices weren't radically different than what every other American pharmaceutical company was doing in the United States with every other pharmaceutical. So it, it, it's kind of crazy, but, it, you know, even in the media, uh, it has been alleged, I, I don't want to um, put out untruths, it has been alleged that there are certain outlets that have covered this story in such a way to... Um, up the attention on the crisis. So let me let me forgive me out the back way because of the time factor. I just got to ask you: Do you have allies mostly on the right or mostly on the left? I would say it's a fair mixture. I think libertarians were the first one to you know because they always like choosing controversial stuff. Were the first one on it, um, and it did take a while for people. On the right, there were some people that were on it right away. Wesley J. Doctor Wesley J. Smith of National Review and First Things has been on this since the very beginning. Um, there are some people on the left, people who are very interested in human rights. There are some people who are serious scientists that believe their job is to go with best evidence and not whatever um, their bosses. Okay, want. well, they count me. It. Count me as one of your uh, troops. Just, just so you'll know, I mean, the, the idea that we deprive people in horrible pain of drugs that could help them 
strikes me as cruel. You're doing wonderful work. Where do people find you? Um, I mean, I write mostly at the Postmillennial, but also the New York Daily News. I'm at Happy Warrior P on Twitter and, of course, the Happy Warrior Podcast. Well, bless your soul, Peter Pischke. I'm Dennis Prager.